All right, we're going to start it up. <clears throat> What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's having a great day. I hope you are uh, staying clean and social distancing and uh, taking this virus uh, serious. Uh, welcome to the third official episode of Happy Hour. Today we have my best friend Austin Ragsdale, and um, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about the coronavirus, but um, I know I did this in my first episode, but we're going to do some different takes and uh, kind of integrate some uh, faith and uh, talk about what we think about it. So Austin, go ahead and say what's up to uh, the followers. What's up, guys? Uh, what's up, Caleb? I'm excited to talk with you. Heck yeah, man. We're going to have a good time. Also, I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes into this. It honestly has been... Uh, more of a hit than I expected it to be. So if you take the time to listen to this, thank you. Just know it. I appreciate it. So um, I just want to go ahead and dive right into uh, what we're going to talk about first. Um, I don't know for any of y'all listening, I don't know if you've seen, there's this picture going around Instagram. I saw it on TikTok as well and Facebook. And um, I screenshotted it and I sent it into um, my uh, friends group chat with Austin as well and uh it's one of those things like when I read it it was kind of bone chilling because you think about man like I wonder if that could be happening right now because you read these stories in the bible about how people would turn away from the lord and god would send something out you know to get their attention again let them know that he's god and like he's a jealous god and let them know that he wants he wants to be their god and so uh, I was reading this post and it was kind of like, wow, like I wonder if that's actually happening. So I'm going to go ahead and read. It's from Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 and 15. And it says, Whenever I hold back the rain or send locusts to eat up the crops or send an epidemic on my people, if they pray to me and repent and turn away from the evil they have been doing, then I will hear them in heaven, forgive their sins, and make their land proper, prosperous again. And so... Um, that's just something I read and I was, and then the post was comparing saying, holding back the rain, comparing it to the uh, wildfires in Australia. And then saying, uh, the locust on my people or locust on my crops, comparing it to the locust infestation in Egypt and Africa. <clears throat> and then, uh, the epidemic on my people, obviously comparing that to the coronavirus. And so Austin, you are the, uh, you're the pastoral ministry major. Like this is up your alley. So, um, what do you think about this? Like, do you think this is something that is relevant that we should like read this and take this serious? Not like take the Bible, obviously take this, but like take this verse specifically as serious to what is going on today. Um, I think it's very interesting. I think it's very, it can be very compelling, you know, just, just hearing that it's like the mm -hmm. weight of that's very strong. And you think of that, you're like, wow, what if, what if that is the case? Yeah. You know, what if, what if all this stuff is happening? Um, Definitely. But I, I mean, I think it is important that we, we do take, you know, the Bible seriously and what it says and that, you know, uh, it gives us like revelations on, you know, what's, what's to come, you know, yeah. are you necessarily talking about like end times or? Um, I mean, it's honestly like hard not to think about that. Yeah. I mean, I like to think that this isn't but like then stuff like this happens and you're like man like I probably have been in sermons and churches since I was maybe f five six years old since I can remember and I always remember the preacher saying whether it was Winterfest or my father or like other people I listened to saying like we are living in like the end of days you yeah. know like be prepared my dad every time he calls me before he hangs up he just says be ready 
<clears throat> and so like I guess I've been trained to think that way and then stuff like this happens and you think like wow like this is some crazy stuff going on and then also like when you read in the Bible and you read about like what was going on in like you read about towns like Sodom and Gomorrah and like how it was destroyed and you read about like people who served other idols it's hard not to think that the world is like that again yeah. like we idolize athletes more like we give athletes more attention than we do Jesus we sure. give music more attention than we do Jesus we give actors and actresses more attention than we do Jesus we give our significant others more attention than we do Jesus and so with all of that going on like it's hard to think I mean it's easy to think for me like wow like maybe this is a sign for us to like wake up you know for sure my, my grandma always says uh packed up prayed up ready to go up and I like that. you know I always think that like my I feel like every generation says you know it, God's coming back yeah. God's coming back you know he's yeah. gonna these are the times and then it goes to the next generation yeah and that I mean my grand my grandparents always tell me that you know it's like these are the times but their grand their you know parents said the same thing and their parents said the same thing so yeah um, I think it's interesting but no, um, I would say, like, at the beginning of all this, of the pandemic, mm-hmm. like, when it first started, I would say, like, uh, I would lean on the side of, like, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But, like, now Same. looking at it and, you know, especially they're talking about recently, they said yesterday that they're expecting 100,000 to 200,000 deaths. In the U.S. Like, that's that's a good amount. That's you know, that's people. just in the U.S. Yeah. And so, I think it's interesting. and. And, and you know you met you mentioned idols, mm. and I think when I think of that I think of the golden calf, yeah. And how, you know the, the, Moses and his people, you know they decided to turn their back on God and and worship this, this idol this golden calf, mm-hmm. and you know God goes to Moses and says, you know he was so angry, you know and upset at these people that he said, I'm gonna wipe out, all of these people. And I'll just start over with you, Moses. Yeah. And Moses pleads with him. And it's like, please don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and God repents, which means change your mind in the Greek. So God changed his mind. But uh, it just makes me think, you know, America was founded off of, you know, some, some form of faith. You know, like they, you know, that's, that's one of the main factors of why we came over here. Yeah. And we've always, you know, uh, trusted in God. But now it feels like there's a shift uh, between, you know, uh, godly people switching over to, you know, just just going to worldly things. Yeah. And it scares me, man. You yeah. know. And yeah. So I agree. I, don't know. I gotta say, like, I'm definitely a victim of that. But um, oh, same. It's hard not to like when I talk to my grandfather and people that grew up in other generations. I feel like it was almost more of a, uh, like religion was almost more of a household thing because there wasn't as many like temptations and there wasn't as many entertainment options and there wasn't as many things to do to where as there is now, like you have everything at your fingertips through a phone and through a computer and internet, internet, man, it just like changes everything. And then I feel like it's almost harder to stay committed to that lifestyle in today's generation than it is any other like the temptation is literally at your fingertips everywhere and so it's hard to uh keep that mindset of like keeping uh 
him at the front. But yeah, when you read this verse, man, like it is kind of crazy to where you think like, wow, like maybe that is like calling us out as a, uh, a country and that we need to uh, change our ways. Sure. But um, what's your take on this whole uh, like social distancing, mm-hmm. uh, stay at home, all that? All that. Well, I've been personally, I've been quarantined. You've been practicing it? Yeah. Yeah. I've. So you're one of the good ones? <laughs> <laughs> sort of, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but I've just been, I mean, I've just go to the grocery store and mm-hmm. uh, and come back and do schoolwork at yeah. the house. But, um, and of course I work, so, but with my work, you know, I'm a, I'm a caretaker, so yeah. I'm only with, um, the you know, the two boys yeah. that I watch. But yeah, I've just been quarantined and... Um, you know, just writing it out because I definitely don't want to get sick. Yeah. You know, and it's so just take just playing on the cautious side. Yeah, and that's what's scary. I feel like with people our age and uh, like we have the like top of the line immune systems with our age more than anyone else, and so um, like if someone our age gets it, they can show very minor symptoms, and that's it. And so what scares me is that not like that I'll get it, but that I'll get it and it won't bother me, so I won't think of anything. And then who I go around, that's what scares me. You know, like my grandparents or my mom and dad or people in my church, that's what's freaky is because they say, like, you can show minor symptoms and then it's just, like, who you infect, which is crazy. And you can be, you can also be asymptomatic. So, like, you don't have you don't any, show any symptoms. Any symptoms. And there's there's been cases where people didn't know they had it just because they were asymptomatic. And, and they get tested. And they got tested because one of the major, like, things that they say one of the major side effects is well i guess it's not major but how you know that you know it uh that you have it is because of your taste and your smell because it goes away yeah because you can't taste or smell much and so they're like oh why am i not tasting why am i not smelling because you have the virus you have the virus so they get tested and they have it and before they know that before they done that they've already been with 10 or 15 people and spread it and then it keeps going yeah so i mean trey had it that's crazy like my that brother my brother had the coronavirus and uh he just had a small cough for like a week and mm-hmm. then he got tested and they told him he had it so he stayed at his house for a week and a half and because it had already been a few days before and his symptoms went away so that's what i was talking about like for our age that's crazy to me but um so he's one of the where i'm looking at the uh the number of cases and the number of deaths and the number of recovery. Yes, Trey is. So a he's part. one of he's one of the recovered. <laughs> Trey is one of the eight thousand eight hundred five recovered people. Trey, he we were born and raised in Knox County. Trey and his wife Erica moved to Anderson County, which is right next to us. Trey was the first case in Anderson County. Was he on the news? He very yes. They had to shut down <laughs> his office. They didn't leave his name, but they had to shut down his office because he had it. This is weeks ago for anyone listening like don't be freaked yeah, out he's he's <laughs> this he's, is, he's clean <laughs> yeah this is, this is weeks ago but uh that's hilarious he's famous and then uh, a buddy of ours uh trey's best friend sam we have a group text and uh sam texted us last night and he said that virginia where he, he goes to liberty to do his uh, graduate school and he said virginia is going on let me see if i can pull up the text um it was some form of lockdown to where they said if you are, here, let me see. It's right here. Virginia is now under lockdown till June 10th, so about se- roughly 70 days of lockdown. And he said it's a $2,500 fine 
if you are caught leaving your house unless it is for groceries, emergencies, or a approved job because he said all non-essential jobs have been canceled. Wow. That's what's crazy to me is not like, yeah, the virus itself, but then like the lockdown. That's yeah. what's whack. So where I feel like it hasn't really hit uh, Tennessee, especially where we're at in full force because, I mean, yeah, Lee's online. A lot of our friends have left, but for this, like, nothing much has changed. I feel like in our opinion, like, yeah, there's less people on the roads, obviously, but mm-hmm. I feel like we have not gotten the brunt of it like other states. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, the lockdown, like, they're making you stay home. Like, they have National Guard and, like, law enforcement patrolling. Hopefully we don't. <laughs> yeah, man. It sounds like Red Dawn out there. It was crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you heard, but there was um, a pastor in Tampa, Florida, which Florida Florida's had some... Uh, it's kind of hit them pretty hard. Yeah. But he, he got arrested um, after leading some services. Yeah. When they told everyone to stay home. Uh-huh. And... I forget what it was. I have it up right here. But uh, he's facing charges after refusing to close its doors despite a safer at home order in effect. Um, if I could find the. Oh, here are the charges. Um, he was charged on Monday, announced, and an arrest warrant had been issued for charges of unlawful assembly and violating public health emergency rules of isolation and quarantine. Um, so he turned himself in and. And then posted bond and got out, but that's crazy. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you think he should have got arrested, got arrested for that, or do you think that? Man, that is such a touchy subject because I understand on one hand what the uh, state and like the government is trying to do by preventing this, but it's like they're literally almost infringing on your religious freedom, which mm-hmm. I understand like why because they're trying to slow the spread so they're saying <clears throat> no more than 50 in a gathering but that's crazy like a man was arrested for holding church and uh i guess i understand where they're coming from but it's still kind of crazy to think he got arrested you yeah. know like that just kind of seems over the top maybe they were trying to send a message of like hey we're taking this serious like please right. don't do this but that is kind of weird to think that we're living in a day and age where you can get arrested for holding a church service. <laughs> That's crazy. He said, oh, the, I think this was the, uh, I think this was the person or the, um, the county's sheriff or whatever. Yeah. They said, we value the importance of the laws of the land and we value the importance of social distancing and more importantly, protecting our, uh, parishioners. I guess this is from the, um, the pastor. Yeah. Make sure they are not in harm's way or spreading the deadly disease throughout the community. Um, but I know when I was reading this this article, it talked about how the sheriff was saying that this wasn't anything to to knock on like religious freedoms or anything like that. But it was more yeah. of a safety concern that yeah, um, if they hold the because it was a mega church. Yeah. Um, I forgot to say that it was a mega church. Yeah. So they had two services, and a mega church is fifteen hundred or more people. Yeah. So that's where my uh, brother and his wife, they got infected at a mega church. Really? And people died at that service from getting it. So that honestly may be like repercussions of, or this may be repercussions of that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely don't. I think, I think he should have stayed home, but I don't, I don't know if he should have got arrested for that. I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but like you can go to online services like you, there's steps you can take to where you're still reaching the people that you want to reach whether it be a drive-in service or an online service or 
just a video you post on YouTube for people to go watch for themselves at their own time. But <clears throat> that's where it does kind of seem like he wasn't taking the virus as serious, like it kind of almost an ignorant standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, but what was that C.S. Lewis thing that you, that yes. you sent me before? I was just about to pull that up. All right, so <laughs> uh, it's, that's good. That ties in perfectly. So I posted this on Facebook. Uh, I saw a friend of mine had shared it. And um, can you pull it on yours so I'm not yelling into this? Yeah, I'll pull it up. So this, this girl I follow on Facebook, she had uh, shared this. And it's crazy to me because it was written in 1942 by C.S. Lewis, and he's the guy who wrote Narnia, for those of you who don't know. Um, but it says, it's like a uh, conversation between Satan and Jesus. And uh, Satan talks first, and he says, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship, and sporting events. I will cause economic turmoil. And then Jesus responds, and he says, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. Now that almost is more like home like that. That's almost more mind blowing than the verse we read earlier, Mm -hmm. because that speaks directly to what is happening right now. And it's crazy that was written like roughly 80 years ago. Yeah. Like their businesses are shutting down sporting events, the NBA, NFL, MLB postponed Olympics postponed, like all these jobs shutting down. Um, like the economy is kind of crashing right now and stocks crashing, but it's like Jesus calm, cool, collected, you know, cool hand Luke on it. Just talking about, well, I'm going to make my people see what really matters and what's really important, which is him and family and, like, your neighbors and fellowship, which I think is awesome response, obviously, which is a fake, it's a fake conversation, but, like, it sounds like something Jesus would say. It's almost like when I see that, I see, like, what Satan says is, like, you can look at it as something super negative. Yeah. And, and like, which, I mean, it is very negative. I mean, people are dying. But, yeah. You know, you can look at it and that in that super negative way or you can look at and say hey like you know maybe god is slowing us down and yeah and and, uh trying to get us to realize what is important in our lives you know and family so you know god makes you know things that are bad into things that are good that's just who he is definitely i think i think that's uh definitely a really cool perspective to look at it almost this almost convicts me for thinking even how i was earlier like Mm -hmm talking about we have all these signs of this pointing towards like the end or this pointing towards like God bringing judgment on us but um it's almost like this is God just trying to say hey like you guys are putting too much of your faith and too much of your time in sports like you guys are putting too much of your faith and too much of your time and money and and things that are of the world and he's just saying asking us like hey like slow down you know like in ferris bueller's day off like hey take a look around life mm-hmm. might miss you but honestly i like this better because it makes you not freak out yeah it makes you think like hey this is just a time for us to just be with our family more and invest in our friends more and i posted this on my instagram story for those of you who follow me like just to take advantage of the free time that i have today i called 
my cousin Felix up. I called uh, my buddy Eli up. That there's people I've spoken to in a long time, and just to catch up, just say hey, and uh, just maybe that's what this time is for. You know, yeah. it's just like a good way of looking at it. I think of like when it just made me that just pops in my head of like whenever I like hit rock bottom or like whenever I'm like in a you know I guess like when I'm in a bad state of mind I feel like that's when I'm like oh I need to go pray like I need to seek God when I haven't before like when I mess up Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's like now we're in a time where it's like oh gosh we we need God (laughs) so we so everyone's like you know we need to start praying yeah you know and he's like diverting our attention back to him in a way definitely that's definitely a way to look at it yeah that's true man some interesting takes it's i feel like we could sit here and do a whole podcast or something that's so interesting to me but um for those of you don't know austin and i share a bond because uh we both are huge fans of ufc and boxing and just like extreme fighting sports and so that like just grew our friendship even closer because we uh try to watch every fight night together and uh, that's just something that we always talk about. So we're going to take this time to move, transition to our next topic. Um, for those of you who really enjoyed the first one, um, maybe we'll do like a whole segment on that and just like, just faith in general and just like things we can talk about. Uh, I'm sure that'll come up later. But right now we're going to uh, transition into a little bit about UFC. For uh, I touched on this a little bit in uh, the first episode with Josh, but um, I wanted to talk about briefly John Jones, we talked about him in a different standpoint, not about his fighting, but just about like how he had fallen off again, got another DUI, but uh, John Jones arrested again, another DUI with a uh, gun in his car, but he just, that's what I was looking for, yeah, he just released a statement today, this is probably like six days later, and um, just talking about how he needs to really accept responsibility for his actions and he knows he's got a lot of personal work to do, which in he quote and I quote, uh, which involves the unhealthy relationship I have with alcohol. So he's kind of just saying like almost bro, I don't really buy that. He just <laughs> I feel like he's just saying like, Oh, I have this unhealthy relationship with the alcohol that I can't control, blah blah blah. Yeah. I don't know, but whatever. I think I mean I don't know. I, I know I know John Jones is like a he he's a believer. Yeah. And I mean he has he has uh was it Philippians four thirteen tatted all across <laughs> yeah, his chest. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I mean like he like after he fights too, like he gives glory to God, but it just shows you that like you know, especially if you're in the limelight, that's it just you know, you really have to like you know be careful what you do. But he Definitely. I mean he says he says to like he talks about coping in his in his uh in his message that he put out. And I think that, you know, when you're a fighter, you're like constantly training, constantly like you have your own routine. And like with someone like him who's been in trouble in trouble so many times. Yeah. You know, his you know, when you have like a routine that's taken off like that, it probably disrupts a lot of things and Yeah. You know, sit you know, sitting around bored at the house, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably like, Let me go let me go do something. Yeah, let me go get, get in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, which I've seen a lot of comparisons between him and Conor McGregor, just because they're both champions, but they both can't stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, Conor just made his return in an epic fashion. We'll get to that later. But um, 
I honestly feel like Jones, like, I feel like McGregor did hit rock bottom. Like, McGregor yeah. lost his belts. McGregor, like, he got arrested for assault in a bar. Like, he really hit rock bottom. and like Paid he, out a lot of money. Yeah, like, like he like, he knocked a, just a random homie out in a bar. Like, that dude's <laughs> going to sue him for a, a... I think it was an old guy, too. That's just not a good look. Yeah, that's not a good look. And when you're a professional fighter, like, you have to register your hands as weapons, so it's an assault with a deadly weapon. I've always wondered if that was true. Is that I'm real? Pre- let's Google it. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I've always heard if that. Ever since I was, like, in elementary school. Okay, let's look this up. Because I remember some dude was like, yeah, I do karate, so I had to register my hands. And I was like, <laughs> what? What grade is this? I knew that. I was, like, fifth grade. Oh, heck no. I mean, did I believe him? No. But. Do If you're a professional fighter, do you... Register your hands. I mean, I had to because of my one boxing victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It says um, pro boxers do. That's interesting. Um, and martial artists and black belts. Wait, pro boxers, martial artists don't have registered hands. Okay, hold on. Let me click on this. <clears throat> what do you think they should? I don't think they should. You don't think they should? No. But it is kind of scary to think that, you know, if if you get into it with some some random person. It's a myth. And you can't tell. You know, you can't tell if someone's a UFC fighter, if they have a fighting background. Yeah. You get into something with them, and they just knock you clean out, and you're just like, you don't even know what happens. Yeah. Or they put you in a choke, you know. Yeah. They just choke you out. That'd be scary. Break your arm. Yeah. It says it's a myth. So we debunked that. So it wasn't assault dead weapon. But I feel like McGregor did hit rock bottom, and I feel like it made McGregor hungry because you watch that documentary on him. I feel like you either love him or you hate him. I love him. Favorite fighter in the game for sure. Even though he has like a very annoying, arrogant personality, I love it. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you watch that. you watch his documentary because he literally comes from nothing. Like his wife and him moved into his mom's house. And he quit his job, and his wife paid for him just to train, just because she believed in his dream of becoming a fighter. And obviously he makes it. He's the most electric fighter in the game, period, no discussion. But I feel like he definitely hit rock bottom where he got that taste of glory. He set uh, the, like, standard, I think, when it comes to fighting. He got a two, like, two division belts, two different division belts, which is unheard of. And, um, first and, to do it. Yeah, first to do it. Unheard of. And then he loses it, hits rock bottom. He comes back within, what was it, nine seconds, knocks out Cowboy. Like a crazy, crazy, crazy fight. To where I feel like Jones has, yeah, he like lost his belt to a Daniel Cormier, but he knew he was going to easily get that fight back. I feel like Jones has never really like felt what it, McGregor went through. And so I really do hope this is eye-opening for him to where he like gets – hungry again and this is something i think we touched on with josh where i feel like mcgregor's gotten beat and i feel like jones correct me if i'm wrong he's undefeated isn't he he has one loss but it's a no contest so what happened was is he uh illegally i put that in quotes elbowed at a at a 90 degree angle down yeah and so that's a rule um that's like an illegal hit and he so he did that to someone's head and so he's he lost him. But technically, he didn't lose. He was just... I've seen that fight, and he completely destroyed that man. Oh, okay. So, so he's never really, like, been... No, he's... No. Yeah, so that's what... I feel like we touch on with Josh, where maybe he has that feeling of invincibility to where McGregor has been beat before, but Jones, like, no one's... 
I've never, maybe this Dominic Reyes fight, but then still Jones got three rounds. Jones, in my opinion, has never even looked like he was in trouble. Yeah. Like, he was always in control. Some guys have landed good hits, but he's always been the top dog. I just felt bad because I felt like he was, like, since all that, since the last time he got in trouble, I felt like he was doing so good. Definitely. Like, I felt like he, like, had it together, you know, and I was like. Yeah. You know, I, I believe he's one of, the, one of the best of all time. Oh, yeah. You know? No question. And, I mean, you, just by his record, you can't deny that. No. But I felt like he was doing so good, and I really hope that, you know, he comes back after this and continues to just forget that, leave it in the past. Yeah. Like, leave that behind and just continue to go forward. And and uh, I don't want him to be, be remembered as this, like, delinquent. No. You know, I, want him, I want him to be remembered as, you know, one of the greatest. Yeah. And so I hope that he's able to regain that that uh reputation back yeah that's one thing that i think is uh the double-edged sword of that comes with fame to whereas man i've messed up too many times to count you know but yeah. mine's never been in the news right you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not in front of you know millions, millions people, of people like instantly you know this this man he makes one slip up and instantly everyone around the world knows and then instantly everyone around the world has this image of him like oh he's back in his old ways you know Mm -hmm. and now he has to like fight for months maybe in a year to like regain the image he had oh yeah that's what must suck about being famous (laughs) like i would hate that i just don't like people with my business and like with that everyone is that's hard man but um transition next into uh you had pulled up the uh khabib how do you say his last name? Nurgam uh, Nurgam Nur- <laughs> Nur- Yeah. Khabib. I just call him Khabib. Khabib. All right. So uh, for the fifth time, the Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurgamenev. I don't know how you Nayev. say it. We tried our best. Very long Russian last name. For the fifth time, this fight has fallen apart. Um, it was postponed. Was it postponed or was it always April? Uh, it was April. Yeah, April okay. 18th. Well, for the so it wasn't postponed, but for the fifth time, the fight has fallen apart um, because Khabib retreated to Russia, where his family is, and has now been denied, I believe, like access to leave the country due to everything going on. Yeah. And so he can't come to um, the states where they're trying to have the fight, so he has to withdraw. Um, Tony Ferguson calls him out today in a press conference saying he believes that he is just fleeing from the fight because he doesn't, like, want to fight him, and he thinks that Khabib should be stripped of his title. Interesting. Yeah, which, honestly, that's very... Like, if you're Tony Ferguson, that's so frustrating because Tony Ferguson is a freak, absolute animal. Like, he deserves that title shot, and now, like, he's just worked and trained for months and months, almost... You look at it, the people he's at a fight to even get to Khabib again, like a year. All top five. All top five fighters. And he's risking, you know, every day he goes into training, he's risking getting hurt, risking injury, and then Khabib withdraws. Yeah. So I understand where he's coming from. That is very, like, annoying. Yeah. But And now they're, and now they're offering him uh, another fight, which is top five, but, you know, it's, it's like, it would be a good fight. I think it's Justin Gaethje. Yeah. Um, they're offering the Justin Gaethje fight and seeing if that could happen to save the card. Yeah. Um, and I know Dustin Poirier uh, was talking about that he would fight him, but I don't think he'll get that shot. But, I mean, I would love to see that fight. 
even though I want to see Tony and mm-hmm. um, Tony and Habib fight more. Yeah. You know, because I've been anticipating that fight, and I know you have too. Yeah. Uh, but and, but the Justin Gaethje fight and Tony fight would be amazing. But the thing is, is like if I was Tony, I would not do that fight. Yeah. You know what's what's the point? You have everything to lose if you do that. So you think he should just wait until like wait out this virus until Khabib can leave? And to say to Dana, get me on the next card with him. This like the selfish person in me wants him wants me to like I want to see him fight. Yeah. But if I was Tony, yeah. you know I wouldn't do it. I would I would wait it out because you know you you work this hard. I mean I think he's thirty six. Yeah, he's older. And time you know yeah. time's catching up, and yeah. I think that you know this is his his time that he needs to have a title shot and and fight him. So I would I would I would wait. Yeah. a couple months until maybe this this virus blows over and and fight Habib. Yeah, I feel like that's one thing that makes Tony so um like lovable, like Cowboy Cerrone because they are the ultimate anytime, anywhere, right. whoever it is, I will throw down. And he's not afraid of anyone and like he's proved that in the cage like he's an animal. And so honestly, <clears throat> I think I agree with you. If I were Tony, I would wait for the title because like that's what you want that's what you train for that's what you deserve but i honestly think that tony is like i'm never gonna back down from a challenge mm-hmm. and so i think well he did also say today he said the only people worth um i forgot what he said like maybe something about him beating them up he said the only people worth this beat down are khabib but we know khabib withdrew and then uh he said connor that would be awesome. Yeah, and we know Connor said that he's been training in case this very thing happens because right. he knew it was gonna fall out. So <laughs> Mystic Mac. Well, they who do you, okay? So who do you think would win between Habib and Tony? <clears throat> Man, did you see they did a um, on ESPN? They uh, they posted a UFC like the video game, a simulation of them fighting. I didn't see that. And it was kind of entertaining. It was so unrealistic. Like, <laughs> entertaining, but Khabib won. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Khabib, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, not a fan. Um, great fighter. Respect his fighting style, but I don't like him. Um, just because he's Connor's arch enemy. Right. So I got to have that loyalty. <laughs> but uh, I would love to see Tony rearrange his face. Like, I hope Tony gets in there yeah. and delivers. But Khabib's ground game, man, it's lethal. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like if there's one man who can withstand, like, the pain of a tap-out, it's Tony, just because he's crazy. <laughs> he's, yeah. It yeah. seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. So, I don't know. And I think Connor's on a mission right now. So, I think Connor... He's motivated. He's very motivated. You know, a lot of people are now even, like, second-guessing his Cowboy wins, saying Cowboy wasn't ready, Cowboy didn't look like he was there, which I don't know how you can question Cowboy's, like, one of the toughest men to ever right. step foot in a ring. So I think Connor that makes even f- more fuel to his fire. Like, oh, okay, well I'm gonna prove it again. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, so, so you think that you would want Tony to win, but you think that Khabib or Habib would win? Yes, I do. As much as it pains me to say it, like I would way? want Tony to win. I think Khabib wins on the ground. Like, like knockout submission. No, I think he submits because I think Tony's, I think Tony's, uh, like the better uh, striker. I think he has more reach. I think he's quicker. But I think Khabib has more strength. Where if Khabib just, you know, gets him on the ground, like, yeah, I feel like he just controls that. But Tony looks more elusive. So it's like everything 
opposite, you know, like mm-hmm. Khabib is like a little bowling ball and Tony is taller and lankier, has more reach. So they both have like the advantages in that area. So I feel like if it stays on the feet, like on the mat, then uh, I think that is Tony's advantage. That's what he wants. But if it goes to the ground, I think Khabib has him. Yeah. And it's hard too because Tony, he's really good off his back. Yeah. Uh, if he's on his back, you know, he, there's a lot of there's a lot of fights where he he's able to to strike on on the ground on his back and just cut people's like heads and faces up yeah. with his elbows. Well, and, then maybe. And also, and also, Tony is his signature move is the Darce choke, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's one of his like signature. Um, submission. So I, that's why that's why I think and and Tony has a wrestling background. So Tony was See, I didn't know that. He was a state champion wrestler. Okay. Uh and so but maybe he does have the advantages. No, I think I think could be I think I I would go for Tony. Yeah. In the fight, but if I had to put money on it, it would yeah. I would have to put money on Habib. Damn. Yeah. But, Man, I wish we were seeing this. Bro. Yeah. That's so annoying. I want to do a we should, I wish we could do like a a recap, like a watch, yes. watch the fight. And then do a recap after. Yeah. We'll have to start doing that, like That'd podcasts, cool. fight recaps. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Um, <clears throat> so do uh, you think Connor is going to get a chance to uh, get in there? I don't know. I think it just depends on if he's able to leave the country. He's in Ireland, is right? Yeah. I yeah. don't know if they're, I don't know if they're, um, if they have a ban, like on travel. Oh, uh, yeah, Or yeah. if uh, he's able to, but. That'd be crazy because Connor, because Connor won against him back in the day against Tony. Yeah, he's already fought him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Hmm. Wait, check me up on that just to make sure. I'm look. pretty sure it was like it was, it was one of like Tony's, uh, like first fights in the UFC. Connor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson, UFC 249. Oh, they're trying to make that happen. Oh, this is the what's coming up. So there's talks of it. Yeah, I can't find anything about them fighting already. Did Tony and Connor fight? What does it say? Yeah, see, this is just an ad for them to get Connor to fight Tony. Hmm. So they haven't fought? I don't know. It's not. It's they're just. It's like a bunch of articles on <laughs> them wanting to fight. Let me click on Tony and see if it pulls up who he's fought. Ooh. Well, I know he hasn't lost in eight years, so it'd have to be before two thousand twelve. Or just look up what's who. What's his loss? Who are his losses to? I can type that in. Yeah, because it's not pulling up. I guess they haven't. <clears throat> what does it say? Um, so he lost to Michael Johnson, to Rafael Dos Anjos, and. Yeah, I think I'm wrong. So they haven't? Well, yeah, they haven't. either way, that would be very entertaining. All right, sp- speaking of uh, 
Fight game as well for transition to boxing. They just announced the Fury Wilder. What do, what's the word for three? Just the, the trifecta. Yeah, the try. I don't know. Something, some try. I think, I believe it was in October is when they set the date. And um, in my opinion, I think that Fury is 2-0 and in this. Mm-hmm. I think Fury outboxed him. I think Wilder landed a good hit. But I think Fury got more rounds. So I think it shouldn't have been a draw. Um, I think Fury won the first one. He obviously dominated the second one. Yeah. And I was all of all the way, 100%, like, oh, he's going to kill him again. And then George Foreman spoke out today, and he said, George Foreman, former heavyweight champion of the world, like, amazing boxer, uh, he said, Wilder can easily beat Fury, give him another chance, and he'll prove it. And that's where I was like, okay, like, I love boxing, I love fighting, I watch all the time, but, like, this man, like, lived, breathed, ate boxing for his whole life, and he's out here like, nah, Fury has it. That's where I'm like, dang, what am I not catching? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm a Tyson Fury fan for sure. Yeah, and I actually, I actually like Deontay Wilder as well. Yeah, I mean, he's American. You gotta support the support the troops. <laughs> but I just think that the Tyson Fury is like fundamentals, mm-hmm. and like just just the way that just his boxing skills, you know, are, are just so superior to to Wilder. I feel like Wilder has that just that knockout punch. Like he just has that that right arm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, like Thanos. Like Thanos, yeah. <laughs> he has that glove, bro. Snap his fingers. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. But I think I think Tyson I mean, I think Wilder would really have to like change his game. Yeah. Like like kinda like Tyson did. You yeah. know, like Tyson <clears throat> in the first match kinda set backs, picked him apart, boxed him. Mm-hmm. But you know the second match, he he ran after him. He brought the fight and to him. Brought it, yeah, and yeah. and and Wilder was on his back feet. Yeah, the whole time. Which I don't think he's ever been used to because his trash talk, his intimidation. I feel like he's the one who's always the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Like people are afraid. And I feel like he's almost like the bully got bullied. Yeah, you know, like he kind of for sure. He kind of lost his his uh intimidation factor so yeah i think he'd really have to train on on you know changing his game on what what to do when he's on his back feet and know? he tried to blame it on his uh his costume yeah saying that his legs weren't under him <laughs> that is baloney man how much how much weight did was it did they say the costume weight? it was 40 something pounds and so he said his legs weren't under him now i don't want to discredit Deontay Wilder, and I'm not trying to come for him. But what I am saying is, Deontay Wilder is my height. We're both six seven. I roughly, what does he weigh in at? Like he's super heavyweight, so he's over two. He's like two thirty. Yeah, well, this fight he was two thirty. The last fight, he, I think he was around like two oh eight, two ten. All right, so, so he, he gained weight. He beefed up. So even more reason for Deontay Wilder, same size as me, more, way more in shape, like extremely in shape. Cut no up. fat. No, no fat, fat whatsoever. <laughs> this dude looks like a like perfect like sculpture you know Mm -hmm. like so you're telling me that you can't carry 40 pounds for roughly 80 yards to the ring and then take it off like for (laughs) five minutes and that that five minutes affected you that much right i was like bro get out of here you're a professional fighter you trained for months like weights running fighting and you can't carry 40 pounds and like it's gonna affect you that much you want to know something funny? What? There was, uh, 
so like after this all happened and after he came out and said you know my costume way too much yeah uh a lot of people found his uh podcast with joe rogan yeah when he said that he trains with a 40 pound vest <laughs> they exposed him yeah. they're like obviously not you know it's enough. his words he said yeah i, I trained with a 40 pound vest yeah and uh so he kind of like got caught up in you know but when you i feel like when you're you know when you haven't lost and you lose yeah for the first time i mean what is it, how many knockouts was it or how many fights i'm a it's over 40 is it like 40 something when you lose i feel like you have you know in your mind you kind of want to you want to have a reason why you lost you know you kind of you want to have an excuse in your head of like oh yeah i lost because of this 42 wins 41 by knockout that's insane and he's not fighting like some bums like he's fighting top dogs for sure yeah that's yeah no i agree with that like i mean it's worked 41 times so he's probably Mm -hmm. caught off guard and like it almost worked the first time against fury yeah so i bet he was thinking like i think that deontay wilder has one of the most like intimidating quotes when it comes to fighting he said whoever fights me has to fight a perfect fight i only have to be perfect for one punch i love that i love that's true though like (laughs) he can get picked apart like he did the first fight the entire fight he catches him in the later round with one hit to the jaw on the floor you know and, I mean, I watched the uh, Luis Ortiz fight, and I swore up and down, like, Luis Ortiz is going to destroy Deontay. Like, he's a true boxer. He has that southpaw stance. He's just mean. He's a bulldog. Knocked out both times. And he was winning. Suppo- and I, di- I didn't watch the fight, but uh, I saw, like, an interview, and he was winning that fight. Yeah. And Just one punch. Bam. And just out. That's crazy. Out. So the confidence that that man has has to be on another world. Like, I can put you to sleep. You know, which, I feel like that's part of his problem too, because it's like, it's like all I need is this one punch to yeah. knock someone out. I have so much power in my in my in my right hand. Yeah. You know, I don't have to necessarily train these. Uh, so you don't think he? Do you think he like doesn't go as hard in training camp? Because oh of that? no, he goes hard. I mean, I I don't I don't want to discredit like tra- I know that they train and they work yeah. their butt off. That's not. I just think that like I think that when you know you have so much uh like power in mm-hmm. in your right hand like that i feel like you just have in your head like that's i mean i'm good you know yeah like it's almost like a like a false sense of security no, you know? no like who's gonna beat me when i have this you know yeah no i agree yeah so that that's tough what's your prediction for the uh the third fight uh well i think fury fury's gonna get it i agree i think I, do you think he's gonna win by knockout I don't know. I think Fury wins. Um, I don't know about knockout because I feel like this is like what we were talking about earlier with Jones and Connor being hungry and feeling that loss and feeling that rock bottom feeling. I think Deontay definitely feels it, you know, and he wants more than ever to get back in that limelight. So he's gonna. You think he's gonna come out the gate? I think he's gonna come out looking for a battle, but I think Tyson knows that. Like Tyson is very smart. I think Tyson knows that. I think he knows what to expect. But I think also that Deontay knows that he – I don't think Deontay respected Fury after the first fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he thought Fury got lucky by getting up. I think this fight, he was put in his place, and he was like, all right, this dude's no joke. Like, right. I got to earn this belt back. 
So this might be the best fight yet. You know, it has the potential to be. I hope so. I think, though, like I was about to say, I think if Fury wins, it's over. Like, it's done. Fury won twice, it's done. They don't fight again. Mm -hmm. I think if Deontay wins, they have to fight again. I think they will because, I mean, if you look at the rounds that that Tyson won over the span of the two two, uh, matches, Mm -hmm. I mean, Tyson won, I think think Deontay won, I could be wrong, but it was like two of those rounds he won out of all those rounds. Yeah. Out of the two, out of the two fights. Two full fights. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I mean, I definitely think they would have to do it again. And plus, Tyson Fury not not just outboxed him the last, you know, the last fight. Mm-hmm. He he hurt that man. Oh like, yeah. Like he, if you look, if you looked at his corner, I mean, they literally threw in the towel because yeah, that, that man was gonna get, I mean, hurt. Yeah. And he was already hurt. He didn't you know where he tell. was, bro. Yeah. He, I mean, Tyson was just pounding his face. He was catching him in, like, the top of the dome, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, Remember, he was, he was in the corner, just, yeah. just pounding him. He could and barely he was hold defenseless. His up. He couldn't do yeah. anything. It didn't look as clean as Deontay. Like, oh, Deontay yeah. always lands the most flush knockouts. Just such a highlight reel hitter. <laughs> but Fury was just battering him. It looked like a good old-fashioned bar fight. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just battering him. I mean, you saw me. We were watching the fight together. Yeah. And I was jumping up. I was, oh, it was like, crazy. It was, I was hyped. Yeah. <laughs> I think he should have fired his t- his cornerman. Bro, I was about to say that. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I don't think so because I think he's just looking out for him. I feel like that was just pride. Um, for those of you who don't know, Deontay Wilder lost this past fight. He held the belt. He lost by knockout because – or lost by – do you say knockout or stoppage? I don't – honestly, I'll look it up. But, I mean, he – He was going to get knocked out. Oh, I mean, but the ref, sure. the ref stopped it because Deontay's own corner in UFC or boxing, if your corner or your ringman throw in the towel, they stop the fight. Now, I'm sure you guys have seen this in the famous uh, Rocky Five movie where Rocky fails to throw in the towel and Apollo Creed dies. So that's what they were trying to avoid here was like a death in the ring. So his his ringman threw in the towel, stopped the fight. And there were rumors circulating afterwards that Deontay fired him because of that and because he didn't want that like losing mentality in his camp which i think is absurd like he was just looking out for his life and that and that trainer has been with him since the beginning yeah bro he brought him up he was crying after the fight supposedly because because of how bad he got beat just because he was upset you know like that's i mean they probably have such a strong bond yeah and And just to see him get he cares about him you know yeah there's no way he has to bring him back but man what were you what were you looking up I was trying to see how Tyson Fury won that fight. I mean, if they throw in the towel, it's just like, I don't know that you would call that. No, I agree. <clears throat> I'm ready to see Joshua get in the mix. I can't. After, and that's what uh, Tyson said is like, I have like two more fights left. And then he's done. Two or three or something like that. Yeah. I think if he wins this next fight in October, him and Wilder are done. And then I think he wants to fight Joshua because Joshua has the other five championship belts. Now that is a, uh, that's a matchup right there. Joshua probably has the like look and build. He's more stocky than Wilder, but he has that like fighter physique that Wilder has, but he has the old technical boxing style that Fury has. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more of a uh, matchup problem than Wilder is. I feel like you can't prepare for Wilder because he's just a unorthodox loose <laughs> puncher. 
you know, how do you watch his film and like prepare for it's that? Just work on your defense. Right? I feel like he never fights a fight the same, you know. Whereas Joshua has that same stance that you can actually, you know, watch mirror and like prepare for. That's gonna be an exciting fight. I'm ready to see him get back in the, in the mix of things. That's the and that's the fight I would want to see after. I don't necessarily know if I, because I just think that that Fury, I just think he's too good to fight. I mean, I would like to see Joshua and him fight, but I feel like the fight I would want to see is is Wilder and uh and Joshua. And Joshua, I yeah. think that would be a good fight. Do you think that uh, Andy Ruiz ever gets a uh, another chance at stardom? I don't know. You don't think so? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah, I feel bad for that man. What do man. you think? No. I don't think they're going to give it to him. Because I think in boxing, it's all about the money. And the money isn't going to come from Andy Ruiz. The money is going to come from Fury, Wilder, and Joshua. And they know that. So they're going to try to plan a uh, fight between Wilder and Fury again, or Fury and Joshua. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're going to try to avoid... Ruiz because they know Ruiz has the potential to knock Joshua out <laughs> which is crazy it's electrifying but I feel like they want to see the Titans go at it you know yeah. like we've been waiting for the past three four years to see these dudes fight so I feel like it's it has to happen soon and I just feel like Andy like if he were to go up against I mean I know Joshua's 6'6 six, six. yeah well, I mean Tyson Fury's 6'9 or I mean he could be even taller yeah a bit taller than that Andy's what 5'10 I mean yeah he's around there and so, I mean, and your arms can only, you know, are only so long. Yeah. And he would really have to put himself in, in some major danger to even get close to his face. Yeah. You know, so. It's uh, true. It'd almost be exciting to see just because they are completely different. Yeah. I mean, I would watch it. Oh, for you sure. You know, we'd watch it. Yeah. But, man, that's crazy. <laughs> I looked it up, and they just said that he wins by, uh, because he threw in the towel. That's it? Yeah. Okay. But it w- I think it would have been... Oh, easily. Knockout. Easily. If they had lasted 30 seconds, he'd been on the mat. I feel like it's almost more embarrassing to throw it in the towel than knockout, you know? Because it's like your ring is like, get him out of there. We don't have faith him anymore, you know? That's, I'd rather get, at least at least knocked out. It's like you go out with the honor, you know? Yeah. If you get hit, then you're out. <laughs> and that's what, I think that's what Wilder was saying. He said he wanted like the honor of being. He wanted to fall on his sword. Uh, that's yeah. like the right, the, I think that's what he said. Yeah. But I think, but I think, you know, Taking punches like that, I mean, you could... That's brain damage. Sometimes you can't... You don't come back from stuff like that. Like, just... Yeah. You know, and I think it's better... I, I think you made the right decision just in, you know... Um, just throwing the towel in and saving your fighter for the next day. Like, getting back in the gym, working on the things that you need to work on, and getting back in there. No, and hey, we'll be back. And I agree with that. My dad, like, like I said earlier, like, I did one fight night here at Lee. And I told my dad, like, yo, I, I loved it. I love fighting. Not the training, not so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you came to a couple of the training <laughs> sessions and you saw me. And during that suck. Yeah. I didn't like that. I mean, the... You didn't even train for that fight, really. No. I got Let's lucky. be honest. I sparred one time. And the day before the fight. Which was crazy because he told me, he said, we don't do any sparring the week of the fight just to avoid injury. Yeah. And uh, I went to, like, 10 training sessions. And all I did was run. And I hit the bag once, and I said, Coach, like, I have not sparred at all. Yeah. And it's like, he didn't know. It's like, oh, really? I was like, what do you mean, really? Like, you've seen me in here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, uh, go spar with him. So he puts me in the ring, and it's the day before my fight, and I spar with this kid. He looks like a lineman. Like, he's just, mm-hmm. he's like 6'2", but he I just. I was there. Yeah, he's just real big and stocky. So we spar and whatnot, 
I mean, you, you saw, like, I feel like I did, I held my own against him. Yeah. And then let me get, this is where I feel bad. I'm 22, 20, I was 21 <laughs> at the time. I got out of the ring and I was like, hey man, like, good job. He landed some flush hits on me. It's like, hey man, good job. And I was just talking with him. I was like, so you go to Lee as well? He's like, oh no, I go to Cleveland High. I'm 17 <laughs> years old. And I was like, I just punched this 17 year old in the face. Yeah, it made like, him bleed. Yeah, I was like, I'm a dick. <laughs> I, like, I don't feel prepared. It's <laughs> like a jerk. Well, that's what I'm saying. You just got that, you got that natural talent. What do you, what do you think it is? Why do you think fighting is like so like fun? Like what, or what do you, what do you think so exciting about like just fighting in general? And, and you know, I've, you've been in fight you yeah know, you fought before you've been like in a lot of scraps i've been in scraps you know? yeah i don't i don't do that anymore i'm a yeah he's a i'm not train. a fighter anymore I'm a lover, <laughs> even yeah. though i love fighting but what do you what do you think it is that like makes it so like enticing yeah oh, man i think it's i think it's the same thing of like why people love football and why people love like just big hits like they love that aggression and in fighting it, you get the ultimate aggression like your your goal is to beat this man in front of you you know which is almost a crazy moment because i i remember it really did not dawn on me until like we went through the weigh-ins the day of we went through um you know like you and los and jackson josh and eli and zion walking me out and that was sick that was one of my favorite memories of college and it still hadn't hit me yet i remember (laughs) i get in the ring and the ref looks at me and he's like he looks at Malcolm. He goes, are you ready? And I was like, yeah. He looks at me. He's like, are you ready? And I nod my head. Yes, man. In my head, I'm like looking around like everyone I know at this school watching. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm about to fight this guy, yeah. you know? But it's that feeling of, I guess, proving your dominance. Like mm-hmm. you're tougher, you're better, you know? So I guess it's just like a, a male stereotype of like, we like to prove who's the biggest, baddest dude. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's really all it is. Like it's, it's fun. You know, like when you and then when I got in there, like I was like, well, this is fun. You know, like I, I like this. <laughs> it's fun when you win, too. Yeah. You know? Like I loved it. <laughs> and I, I always say, like, I think it's I think it's awesome because I feel like I always look at it as there's two different wills. Yeah. Like the will of this person and the will of another person. Mm-hmm. And these two wills are seeing, you know, which one overcomes each other. Who's going like, to outlast you? Like who who is gonna outlast who's stronger who's who's gonna impose like their will against someone else's will yeah and like whoever comes on top is like you know the victorious and the victor and the loser is like you know it's like you're either you know super excited super you know hyped up yeah and then if you lose you're like like it's like two totally polar opposite emotions that happen yeah and no yeah i agree I love it. I, it's so fun. It's <laughs> addicting. Yeah. I think if I, like, obviously, like I was saying earlier, I won and I told my dad, I love this. Like, I want to fight again. And that's where, how we talked about earlier about, like, just getting hits to the head and brain damage. He started sending me articles of, like, these guys our age who had, like, boxed or MMA or UFC and died and stuff. Just because how many hits they've got to the head and concussions and whatnot. But um, I won and that made me want to fight it again. But I think if I lost then I would have for sure been like, I have to do this again. Oh, for you sure. Know? Yeah, you have to, like, redeem yourself. Yeah. So, man, I think that fighting is just, like, an addicting cycle because these guys win, and they're not just, like, fighting, like, how I just did at, like, a college fight night. They're fighting in front of 
you know, th- tens of thousands of people in the arena, but then millions of people watching. Yeah. Proving that they are the man if they win. And so they get that, like, high of, like, hell, I'm the baddest dude, you know? Like, right. I want to keep, like, that image of I'm the baddest dude. But then even more so if they lose of, whoa, I lost. Like, I got to go prove that I can do this, you know? 